Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, February 21st, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we discuss the shocking demand for smart headphones and what designers and developers can do to start building experiences for the coming zombie apocalypse of screenless devices. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Shocking. Shocking. Shocking demand. I, I mean, it's early adopters, but it's pretty shocking. But before we get to that, <laughs> how's it going? Uh, it's good. It's been a been a, a frustrating week, but tonight's bad movie night, so uh, podcast and bad movie night the same day. I know it's almost too much fun. It's like the lottery. Bingo, you win. <laughs> wow, mixing my metaphors there, but uh, that's nothing new. <laughs> Is the bartender here, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> I think you are the only person on the internet who got the. I deleted them. They were so poorly received. <laughs> really? Yeah. Punchline mashups. I thought that's the funniest thing ever. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, because it like implies. <laughs> that, that was my favorite one. Yeah, you got to figure out the jokes from the, the punchline mashup. Yeah. Did you did you see yeah. the the uh, uh, fiance so old her social security number is one? <laughs> yeah. Could you guess yeah. the jokes? No, I couldn't. What did Jay Z call his wife before they were married? Fiance. Uh huh. <laughs> and just a regular, your mama sold her social security yeah. number is one. Yeah, yeah. I got the the last the last one. I couldn't get the first. You can't tune a fish to get to the other side. <laughs> oh my god! Those were good. That's basically all you need to know about me. Like the, I think that's funny. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the, the tagline on my website. You can't tune a fish to get to the other side. <laughs> anyway, so just tons of things going on lately. Uh, in in like business-wise, we're both super busy. Tons of fun stuff. Nothing we can talk about yet, really, but it's going to be huge. <laughs> And just crazy stuff in the news as well. Um, I'll just, I don't know if it's because I'm following the news more or if there's actually more stuff going on, but man, alive. I've, I've been blissfully ignorant for the past week or so. So Yeah, that's, that's good too. Um, but there's just, there's just like, like lots of crazy, it's just tons of scientific developments in every aspect going on that for some reason are like rising to the top of my consciousness level. I'm sure they're going on all the time, but yeah, I, I did read, did, did read an article the other day about a new containment building around Chernobyl. And really? It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I've been getting into, um, it's, it's like hard not to, to append the word smart to every new thing. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to strenuously try to avoid it, but there are like new types of building materials that are built on like, uh, like, a, a nanometer scale or is it nanometer? That sounds too much, too much like a nanometer. Yeah. yeah. I say nanometer. Otherwise it sounds too much like banometer, <laughs> a, which, is, which is like an, an instrument for measuring something to do with like, like the radioactivity of bananas. Exactly. <laughs> 
the number of bananas eaten by an average four-year-old boy. <laughs> Does he go through a lot? He goes through a lot of bananas, that kid. Um, so anyway, there, there's just like tons of crazy developments, 3D printing and, and, and uh, nano printing, like 3D nano printing. That's not, too, yeah. that's, yeah, it's, just, it's just like so much, it's just ridiculous. So, but we're going to focus on, um, something that's a little more applicable to our industry. Uh, we usually talk about, um, we talk about the web a lot, right? I mean, Mm-hmm. It's because we 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 talk about building apps that run everywhere, and these days it is uh, probably the biggest tool in the in the kit for that sort of thing is HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and REST APIs, and JSON, and just light data formats, and and network APIs, and web services, and all, all that stuff that that I feel like is getting inherited by the existing web professional community. Yeah. So like the people who 10 years ago were, you know, at, at an agency building websites for people, marketing websites for people, and maybe a web app here and there. Now they're starting, you know, then, then it's like, uh, I, you know, an iPhone comes out and Android becomes popular. And now it's like the same people are getting the phone call. Like, like, Hey, uh, I know you build our website, so you could probably build our iOS app too. Right. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but, but that is, so, so what's happening, I think is fair to say that people who were web professionals are getting sucked into being essentially being like network programming professionals, network design professionals, where any kind of application that, that has a GUI and, and connects to things over the network can kind of be learned by someone who's familiar with web programming. Do you think that's fair to say? Or Yeah, I'd. I think it's for this. I mean, I know it's. I know it's the case with me. Yeah, it's a natural like, I transition, just, right? I, right. Yeah. Like I, I don't just make websites anymore. There, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of server admin, um, a lot of networking type, you know, like like network architecture type stuff, and and communicating with applications that uh, have you know native code and yeah. It's so it's, it's certainly the case with me. Hmm. And it has that's been my trajectory too. I went into more of the tried to tried to go more into the sort of advice stage, kind of translate the business speak to the developers and vice versa. But uh, and it seems to be the case with with all of the firms that I work with and like the people that I work with, like web developers anyway, and and to the same extent web designers. It's not an impossible trans transition to go from where we were in the 90s and early 2000s to where we are now which is a much more i think it's a much it's a much more um tiered architecture that we've talked about for a long time but now it's like we're really it's for real now like you really have to disconnect your back end from your front end and you need to be able to make multiple clients for the same back end service and 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 the skill sets that existed in the web community are very well suited for moving into this new sort of uh yeah zombie apocalypse future <laughs> yeah but i wonder if that's all about to change which is the reason why i, <laughs> I bring it up because the 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 common thread that you see through um certainly through you know i've only been doing this for like 10 or 15 years right so so the common thread there's certainly one common thread which is that everything's got a gooey the graphical user interface 
And for a couple of years, at least 18 months, maybe, maybe, maybe a little more than two years, I've been giving a talk called the revolution won't be televised. The death of the touch screen is basically, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, you know, I, when I originally created the talk, it was fairly theoretical and meant to be provocative, you know, like, like how could, you know, the touchscreen is the best thing ever. And, you know, it's, it, it basically created the whole category of what we consider to be smartphones. Yeah. When Steve Jobs announced in 2007, when he came on stage and announced the iPhone and he first demonstrated it and the whole world first saw it at the end of the talk, he, he made a really sort of pithy, uh, I guess revelation is the wrong word, but you know, he revealed the way he saw Apple's history, which was a really interesting perspective, unsurprisingly, that um, the mouse enabled Apple's first act, so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. like Apple's first ascension to popularity was enabled by the existence of the mouse, which I think he claimed they invented, but whatever. And <laughs> and then uh, the next the next big thing for Apple was the iPod. And mm-hmm. I, I never really thought about this, but he was like the click wheel, like the, the physical manifestation of the click wheel was unprecedented. And without it, there would, would have been no iPod, which had not certainly not occurred to me. But uh, the, the click wheel is a unique user input device. It's nothing quite, it's sort of like a trackpad, it's, but it's not exactly, uh, especially yeah, that first one of, that actually sort of rotated. A, yeah. It's kind of like a mouse. It's kind of like a trackpad, but it's its own thing. It's its own form factor. And his claim was that it enabled the like inarguable massive popularity of the iPod. Because you could use a click, click wheel and you could scroll through hundreds of songs yep. on your iPod yeah, cause, like in no time. Yep. Not, if, like, not, not like pushing an up and down arrow over and over. <laughs> yeah, or a D-pad or... Uh, I, I, well, yeah. that that up and down arrow would be a D pad, but or even like one of those like weird ThinkPad nipples in the middle of the keyboard. Yeah, whatever that thing was, it had like a it had like a, a physics to it. Like you could feel, mm-hmm. you could really control the speed at which you scrolled through a giant list. So if you had a giant list, you could scroll through it fast. If you had a short list, you could scroll through it precisely. So they they really got the velocity thing down with the click wheel. And, uh, you know, of course, in this announcement, he was like, another you know, touch screen, or he specifically said the multi-touch screen, multi-touch screen is going to enable a whole new category of devices, which, and he was 100% correct, of course. Yeah. So, so I feel like that, uh, not that we programmed for the iPod, really, people didn't really program for the iPod, but... The point of that is to say that the the um, the, the next step. Yeah, there's there's like going to be a next step enabled by a new input device, and I'm thinking. Let me back up one step before I say this, which is that touch screens existed for a very very long time before the iPhone came out, but Apple perfected mm-hmm. it. Like they got it to the point where it was viable for consumer market. Uh, and I say that because the next thing I'm going to say is that uh, voice is going to be the next input that is huge. And, of course, voice input has been around for a very long time, but it stinks. You know, or <laughs> it, ha- it has stunk. <laughs> yeah, you know, using... 
<laughs> I didn't entirely buy into your your voice as the next input device when I was when I had the iPhone. I was just using Siri. Yeah, because it blows. <laughs> to put it <laughs> now bluntly. that I'm on the Android phone, Google Voice input is so much better. Yeah, I'm like I use it all the time. I use it all the time. We were we were trying to like yesterday we were out and we were you know for, for various reasons and needed to make a phone call and it was like it was bright sunlight and I couldn't see the screen and, mm. and Rich was looking at it and he's like I can't see it really and I, and I, and then I remembered that I could just tell the phone yeah yeah to make the phone call right so in part of and we both have the Moto X and I think part of my yeah. my feeling about this has a lot to do with the Moto X and the way that I use it yeah uh, so for the dear listener who may not have a Moto X, uh, the Moto X has a special chip in it. It's a very low power chip and it has, I, I think it's, I think I'm correct in saying that it has one, one reason for being, which is to always be listening and yes, and you without draining the battery. So if you say, okay, Google now, oh, did you hear that? The phone <laughs> on my desk just popped open. Yeah. How tall is Kevin Spacey? Oh, I put it in airplane mode so it wouldn't bother us. But so what normally happens is you say, okay, Google now, how tall is Kevin Spacey? Does it again? <laughs> yeah, see, I was avoiding saying it. Right. So anybody who has a Moto X, their phone probably just beeped. <laughs> yeah. But it's brilliant. And it sounds like a very minor thing, but, uh, and, and maybe it's specific to me because I'm like often carrying a baby. Uh, so I don't mm-hmm. have my hands free or whatever, but it's surprising the amount of times that you, um, do want a quick piece of information and you don't, you don't need to touch well, the screen yeah. to do it. And you don't want to stop what you're doing. You don't want to stop what you're doing. You don't want to look down. You don't want to pull your phone out. You don't want to, you know, rub a featureless piece of glass. You, yeah. you like don't want to struggle with the keyboard. You don't want to do any of those things. And what what we what I wasn't able to demonstrate because my phone is in airplane mode is that it reads the result back to you aloud. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll. I tell you, you know what I use it for. What? <clears throat> use it for a lot. I I can't sleep with a clock next to my bed at night, mm-hmm. like an alarm clock, mm-hmm. because if because if I do, I will lay there and go. If I fall asleep right now, I can get six hours and thirty one minutes of sleep. You're and then the next doing thing math. I know is, if I fall asleep right now, <laughs> I can get two hours and fourteen minutes of sleep. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't have a clock in there. So, like, but sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and want to know what time it is. Mm. So, <laughs> so, it gets still dark out. And like, okay, Google now, what time is it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. I wish you could change the the okay Google now. Oh, gee, circos. <laughs> the string because. It's. It feels embarrassing to say. I wish you could make it whatever you want, but they probably, you know, they probably have their reasons. Like either it's branding where they want people to be saying that out loud, or it's actually if you're allowed to say your own, you get too many false positives. But so let me yeah. do a, let me do a quick demo for the dear listener who maybe hasn't experienced this. Uh, okay, Google now. How tall is Kevin Spacey? Right. So there was a, and and even that lag needs to go away. 
like the, the, that's like, it should talk back to you. Okay. So now if you imagine, dear listener, if you project into the future, and this is the talk I give in the death of the death of the touchscreen talk is that the touchscreen is going to be a touchscreen is pretty lame. Actually, it's like, it's got, it's cool for some things, but it has a ton of drawbacks, but we're so enamored of it because it's brand new and it is pretty slick that uh, we it's it's easy to be blind to the to the the drawbacks of it, namely that your your finger is blocking the content. Uh, they're very expensive. They're horrible on battery. There's a million things wrong with it. Uh, so if you um, if you imagine for a second that voice works awesome, you can leave the screen behind a lot of times, like the, yeah. for. For a large portion of the things that you search for, you can leave it behind. And then there's a bunch of stuff that you don't even search for, but you just want to know where something like Google Now comes in or Google Glass, where it's just it's just letting you know about information or even the Pebble smartwatch where you're getting you're getting information that you didn't ask for, but the device knows that you probably want it. So if you if you have something that uh, is giving you information, relevant information, on a relatively regular basis. Plus you can throw in some sort of directed queries just by voice and audio in and out, mm-hmm. uh, which I we've, we've both been doing both of those. Well, I've been doing both of those things with the watch. You've been doing, you know, the, the voice one, at least you'd be surprised how much that, uh, means how, how many, uh, what it's difficult to say it that way. You, it's surprising how little you pull your phone out when you can do those two things. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of proven to me that that there that if voice was awesome, it would be it will be the next dominant. It will be the next input device revolution that Steve Jobs listed those three in his his iPhone talk. It, the fourth one's going to be voice, and and once it's nailed, like once someone nails it, and Google's getting super close. Mm-hmm. Then touchscreen is going to be like, man, that's nice, but I don't use it that much anymore because I don't really need to. Yeah, I picture like having just having this box like somewhere in your room, and this like of, of course on your mobile devices, of course, but just like somewhere in your like in every room of your house is just this box, mm-hmm. and you can just talk to it, and you can be like, okay, house, turn the oven to three seventy five. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there's a whole a whole bunch of things coming out. If you buy into the um, if you buy into this, then it, it actually you probably don't buy into it yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like give some more a couple of other other things that have occurred to me or at least hit my radar about this. So one of the things, and this is this is from the talk, the touch the death of the touchscreen talk. When the iPhone, I think it was iPhone five, was released we had they had waited like an extra cycle to release the iPhone 5 apple waited forever to mm-hmm. release the iPhone 5 they it was yeah. like it was like it was never going to come out and uh and then when they finally announced it it was the biggest it was such a huge deal it was every the tech press was just like quivering with excitement and <laughs> it was it was embarrassing frankly but in the middle of that presentation they spent like almost a full 10 minutes talking about the new headphones which I don't know if we, I don't know if we've talked about this, but they they're talking and talking and talking about earpods. They had a name for them. They're called earpods. They didn't have a yeah, name before they're that. They're just they're just headphones, people. Yeah, yeah. currently. Right. <laughs> 
they didn't have a name before before they were just the headphones or earbuds that were included with the phone or the iPod. Mm-hmm. They showed at one of those one of those like painful Johnny Ive videos about how we carefully crafted, we measured 5,000 ears and made sure that it was, <laughs> it's such a challenge. It's like making shoes to fit every person. And, you know, it was like, it, it just like, I'm like sitting there, I'm like yelling at the keynote, like, are you kidding me? They're just headphones. That, <laughs> that was better than your Casey Kasem. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a potentially big future. Watch, watch out, Rich Little. <laughs> But yeah, just like going on and on about the headphones. And and my thought is like, okay, the next iPod Nano is just going to be a pair of these headphones. Exactly. It's the, it's your ear pod. It's not an iPod anymore. Yeah. And so then, so I do this thing in the talk where I like, you know, I hold up the headphones and I'm like, now imagine if I take some scissors and, and chop off this wire and that's the wire that goes to the phone. So then you just have like a U-shaped wire going between your ears. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, and then all of a sudden, if you take that wire off, you can wear the headphones very differently. You can like put them around your neck, like, uh, like glasses chain. And so you yep. can take them in and out and like leave them hanging around your neck very easily. Cause you don't have that third wire hanging down and connected to the phone. And you can imagine two different models. You could say you could make them independent of the phone, which Apple's probably not into. They're, they're very, they're very like, they tend to like to bind things to the phone. Well, that's not fair to Mm. say. That's not fair to say. That's, that's all rumors, but they, they could be like a, essentially a Bluetooth device that connects to the phone Mm -hmm. or they could be a standalone device, like a true shuffle where the new shuffle is just just goes in your ears and there's nothing. And then on the wire, you've got um, that control thing that has the the volume rocker and the the click in the middle that can do you know double click, single click, yada yada yada. And then maybe you've got a uh, maybe you've got a corresponding little little piece of plastic on the other side of the wire that where the that sort of symmetrical to the control that has a little bit of extra battery power. Uh, I would love this product. I would love it, especially well, the jack that you plug it in to charge it. Yeah, there needs to be some right. Okay, so exactly. So there, there, there's you could put something sort of symmetrical on the wire on the other side that gave it some extra capabilities. Um, and then I'm like, but what if I cut that wire off too? Like, what if, <laughs> what if the battery and the processing power and the three G, four G radio get small enough that you could just keep it in the earpiece and and it has siri or or something that actually works like like you know google now and you just uh, instead of saying okay google now here comes my phone instead of saying that uh you just talk and it is just listening for certain phrases like like i wonder how tall kevin spacey is and if the thing, if the thing's constantly listening to you, it could just whisper into your ear the answers like someone who knows everything in the whole world standing on your shoulder. <laughs> Instantly become the world's smartest person. Exactly. And so, and the point of this talk is to make people think like way outside of the box, like 10 years down the road. And if you have, the, if you have a device like this, and if it gets even smaller, like it's the size of a green pea and you can't even see it in someone's ear, it, it raises the question of, what does it mean to know something and like, like what does it mean to 
outsource your like what things do you outsource from your brain how much of your brain is yeah. online how much is not what happens when you can't connect uh is that your fault that you don't know something well what does it mean to study what does it do to higher education or education in general mm-hmm. it's just like so many implications and literally the only difference between the the device i'm talking about and an iphone or like a smartphone is that it's small enough to fit in your ear and it's always on yeah that's the only difference. We already have all the other things. So it seems inevitable that that it will happen that the smartphone is small enough to fit in your ear and, and it's small enough to do that and smart enough to know when we're searching for something or when we want to know, let's put it this way, when we want to know something. Right, because we already, we already have, like our phones, our, our phones are already like gathering tons of data on us and our usage and, and things like that. I mean, you know, when I wake up on a Sunday morning and, and my phone says, Oh, it's seven minutes to the grocery store. You know, the phone knows I go to the grocery store every Sunday around 11, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that information is already being gathered. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not that big of a stretch. And like, and like you said, the, the motorway says this chip that's always listening. Right. So really the question is, do you believe, if, if you believe that technology will continue to get smaller and power sources will continue to get better, then why wouldn't this happen? It's really a question of when. There's, to me, there's no, there's no doubt it's going to. This is what Google Glass is. Mm-hmm. It's trying to be that, but it's still too big. It's still too big and it's tethered to a phone. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. Oh, so here's the other thing. And you talked about having boxes spread around your house. So one of the big things that has happened, one of the big things the internet has done to like many, many industries, and it's going to continue to do it is that it has unbundled things. Mm-hmm. So it's allowed us to consume the pieces of the newspaper that we actually liked and not buy the entire honking thing just because we want to read the comics. So, it seems like another inevitability is just a question of time uh, that people start to get sick of the posture and the uh, sort of physical ticks involved with smartphone usage and want to unbundle all of the sensors and radios and actuators in, you know, in, in output devices of the phone and they're sort of sprinkled around your body or house or environment. So for example, uh, the, the connectivity part that could just mm-hmm. be a MiFi that you never take out of your pocket or ne- never take out of your bag that has, it's actually kind of on the heavy side, has a good size battery, has a good size radio, has great connectivity, but you don't need to ever put it in your hand. You don't never, you never need it right. in your pocket. You just need to be within 30 feet of it. So you just put it in a bag that you carry with you. And this is the guy you saw at the coffee shop the other day. Yeah. We should remind me to talk about that. Yeah. That was crazy. So you, you keep, so your connection is just one piece of the whole smartphone package. It's a very important mm-hmm. piece. The smart, the connection and the battery are hugely important, but if you could, they are, dis- and they're probably, they're probably going to be the, the big bulky, but you know, throw them in a bag. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Like that's the piece that's the toughest to solve. So so take the take the the audio piece which is already super tiny and low power. Mm-hmm. Take the audio piece and and like put that in your ear wirelessly and connect it to this thing in your bag. And now like so so 
even with the Moto X, it doesn't listen while it's in your pocket because the proximity sensor, it knows that it's put away. Yeah. So if you take, so, so if you take that off of it and like, that's actually annoying. Like there've been times when I've been, you know, it's very cold. It's the winter. I'm in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. It's extremely cold out. I have gloves on or my hands are in my pockets, but my phone, you know, I've got headphones on. It has a speaker on the head, uh, a microphone on the headphones. And I yeah. find that when I say, okay, Google now, it doesn't do anything. Oh, it did it again. <laughs> when I say that, it doesn't do anything because it's in my pocket and it thinks I'm just, just right. randomly saying that. But yeah. what if it didn't act like, like I think, that? I think mine's too far away from me. It's not responding at the moment when I said it earlier. So, uh, well, it, it's funny because when you watch, um, I watch this like I watch these podcasts where that sort of talk about these subjects. And sometimes when I'm listening to, if I'm listening to the podcast in the room, mm -hmm. like not on headphones, it'll activate my phone mm -hmm. <laughs> when someone <laughs> says it on the on the podcast. Nice. So yeah, it's funny. So it's I, and I suspect that might be why it's such a weird phrase. Uh, or at least part of the yeah. reason. Uh, so that's just the unbundling, the unbundling of the sensor, all of the bits of the phone. Like a phone is this like really yeah. dense package of of things, like sensors and radios and actuators and output devices. It's just like tons of this stuff bundled in there. And like yeah, it is. You've you've got this entire array of stuff packed into this thing like the size of a deck of cards. Right, but it's like a it's like a smaller version of a boombox. Like back in the day when you had a boom box, like I, you know, show my age, it was like at the time when boom boxes came out, you're, you had two choices. You bought either a boom box, which was this self-contained, you know, air quotes, portable device mm -hmm. uh, that you had to carry on your shoulder, or yeah. you bought a, a stereo that came in components. It had a turntable and that was a individual device or you bought a, and you bought uh, an amplifier, which was a different device and you bought a receiver, which is what got the radio signal and you bought an eight track player, which like was a, tape, a separate a tape thing. deck. And then you bought the speakers. Yeah. A tape deck. Yeah. And the speakers were separate. Everything was, it was a component type system. And the, I feel that it is inevitable that that option will present itself that instead of a smartphone, you can have this component type of system that um, takes the specific, allows you, first of all, it allows you to, um, I almost said drag and drop. It allows you to swap out your favorite headphones or your favorite mm -hmm. voice input or your favorite connectivity or your favorite carrier or your favorite battery or like all of your favorite things. You'll be able to customize your favorite things about this or that and, um, and have them all work together in a way that, that gives us, Basically, the smartphone um, functionality that we currently have in its most futuristic current existence with the voice interaction and stuff, mm -hmm. but spread out in a much more convenient and portable and and less intrusive way across your person, if you will. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like the suit and continuum. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like continuum's got it nailed. <laughs> Continuum has it down, and I, I was, well, there's a new show called um, Oh, what's it called? It's the Almost Human, uh, mm. which is actually I've only watched a couple of episodes. The pilot is genius, and the whole time you're watching the pilot, you're like, "There is no way they can sustain this level of special effects." 
and <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> At least in the, the the two follow up episodes were like a lot of guys driving in cars. Uh, yeah. But the yeah. the if you watch the first episode of con, uh, not continue well continuum also, but almost human. There's like uh, and and Eureka and um, let's see. There's another one that's. Uh, it's it's almost sci-fi, but it's not really. It's just like near future type stuff. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, and it's like that's doable. Like that is doable. And you watch the people using this stuff, and you're like, they're superhuman. Like Continuum, the girl becomes su- like a superhero. Yeah, because of like s- smart materials, and I said I was. I promised myself I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but smart materials, and uh, it just like. Like this constant on yeah, passive this, listen to everything connection. Yeah, and and like and lots you know, and there's a bunch of other stuff too, like the fact that she can electrocute people and you know, it, there there yeah, are things. But you know. So, you know, it's like I don't know if we said it on the podcast, but like that's the beauty of Hollywood is they don't they don't have to worry about the implementation. Yeah. They just come up with the user interface. All right, so so where am I going with all this? <laughs> Uh, Kickstarter. So yes. something something came across my radar recently called the Dash, and they are wireless smart in ear headphones. Wireless smart in ear headphones, and uh, I will leave it to as an exercise to the dear listener to go um, find that at Kickstarter. Obviously, we'll link to it in the show notes. But these are the thing I've been talking about mm-hmm. for two years. Yes, and they are. Yeah, it's it's, and even though I've been talking about it for two years, I am stunned by the fact a that they exist. I'm I'm skeptical that they work. <laughs> like <laughs> even though I know it's inevitable that this thing will exist, yeah, I can't believe it's now. So so like so, and and I also can't believe the other thing I can't believe is how many people recognize the value of this kind of a device. Because their original goal for them to produce this thing was twenty two hundred and sixty thousand dollars, quarter of a million dollars, which is high for a Kickstarter project. Oh yeah, that's like that's a pricey Kickstarter. Yeah, and they're at two point one million raised right now, <laughs> and they have thirty eight days to go. That's insane. They've been raising a half a million dollars a day, roughly. Like in the last, in the last, like it was going along. And then when I started looking at it, I think it was Valentine's day when I saw it. So what's, what's today? Today is six days later. Yeah. As we record this, it's the 20th and it's gone from, uh, they beat their original goal and they were at, I think they were at $400,000 six days ago, 400,000. And they've, I can't do the math. They quadrupled that. No, they've like five X to that in six days. So now they've got these crazy stretch goals, like, like, okay, the, the case for the headphones, so now they're wireless. So like, think about how annoying that earbud wire is. So these are wireless and they do not depend on a phone. They connect to, they can connect to a phone, but they don't depend on it. Uh, and they, they have a case that you put them in that is mm, like the size of a deck of cards. And guess what it has in it? Battery. Yes. So you throw those two things in there and within it, uh, it's like some ridiculously short amount of time, like 15 minutes or 30 minutes, they charge to full five times from the case. So you're basically never going to wear them out because you're going to come home, you plug, you don't plug the headphones in, you plug the case in. 
So you never have to take the headphones out until you stick them in the case and then 15 minutes later. Yeah. So if you had two pairs of them, you're done. So like the stretch goal, like I'll bet you a stretch rule comes up. That's like you get two pairs of the headphones and one case. Yeah. So, I mean, this is sci-fi. This is totally sci-fi. Anyway, so, uh, so why are we talking about this on the niche podcast? You might ask. And the reason is that, uh, we think it's important for like, we talk about the web all the time in the, in the context of the web, there's this presumption of a, a graphical user interface, but we're all building services. Everyone, even if you just build marketing websites that have a blog, if, if you just like, like have an RSS feed, you are building something that should be accessible on headphones like on a device that where the primary interface is voice and the primary output is sound. And what does, what does a UX person do? Like, do you, like, what do you, like, what do you think? Do you think the UX profession is going to have to split into like audio and visual? Or do you think that a UX is a generic, I shouldn't say generic, but do you think it's a, it's a global discipline that, that basically just focuses on the user and regardless of the, the, um, medium like you could have a ux designer for a house or a ux designer for a car yeah 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 i i think it's probably gonna probably gonna go that way like you know you you specialize in in like oh for for i do home automation or i do you know office buildings or to me that would that would seem like the the logical next step in in that regard Mm. so do what do you what do you I mean, do these sound interesting to you? Like, would you, do you think you would use something like this? The sort of smart, oh, smart headphone? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at it now. I haven't, I know you've been talking about it, but I haven't really looked at it a whole lot. But mm-hmm. um, I think I would, it depends. If, if it comes out and it sucks, then then no. But, <laughs> right. but um, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of potential there. And I think... You know, like I said, I find myself using the voice input on my phone a lot. So, um, I feel like there's there's going to be I feel like there's going to be a social stigma around them, but probably not as much as there is with something like Google Google, Google Glass. Yeah, I, I agree. With say, that. I have a hard time saying Google Google Glass. I have a hard time saying it. I know me too. <laughs> it's too many G's. I just say Glass because I can't yeah. say it either. It's too many G's. Yeah. You- <laughs> Um, uh, Sounds like you're gonna puke. Yeah, that or you're like drowning. You know, like, like Maggie could say it or something. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there is a a bit of a stigma, but not anywhere near glass because there it yeah. looks like. See, the thing is, they they almost need a wire, like a dummy wire, just so people <laughs> don't look at them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because yeah. they, they come across more like a Bluetooth headset in yeah, both ears. They do, and and people <laughs> people walking around with Bluetooth headsets are just kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? But like, there have been times. There are times when I'm in public on Skype, and I'm talking to my headphones, really. But I'll hold my hand up to my ear so people know I'm not talking to to the air or to them. They yeah. turn around and they see it looks like I'm talking on the phone because I'm in that posture, even though there's nothing in my hand. <laughs> nice. 
It's like saying, I'm not crazy. No, I'm not well, crazy. I am, I am I'm just crazy, talking but... into my imaginary phone. <laughs> 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 Completely different. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I did that the other day with them. Um, uh, I, I was doing something, uh, some kind of voice input stuff on the phone, and, and I held it up like I was talking on it because I didn't want to seem weird. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. Well, that's that's why I wish you could set your own key phrase. Yeah, because I would do can something you do me a like, favor yeah, and, can you hear me now? What? Yeah. Hey, can you Google something for me? Like that would be. It should be something yeah. more conversational. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. right. So, so dear listeners, the dear listeners probably very skeptical, like, yeah, well, boo, whatever. This isn't going to, this isn't, this, this'll, this is like early adopters and how many backers are there? There's 10,000 backers for these smart headphones. So, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's a lot for a Kickstarter project. It's a lot of money for a Kickstarter project, but it's not up to the pebble level. (laughs) Wow. It's updating live while I'm looking at the site and it's not, it's not, um, you know, that's not a tipping point, but I started thinking back to the ear pods thing. And I was like, you know what? There are all these rumors about a new device coming from Apple, not just rumors. I mean, Tim Cook has said on investor calls that they're going to launch two, not just one, but two new categories of devices this year. Mm. And I was like, wait a second. What if everyone's looking at these, um, clues and assuming mm-hmm. a watch but it's actually smart headphones like what if apple isn't releasing an iWatch? what if they're going to release ear pods and ear pods have siri and they have a 3g connection and they don't need to be connected to an iphone they can connect to an iphone but they don't have to be like what if what if apple is about to release a dash competitor it'll it's going to be more than ten thousand people with it yeah yeah it would be i don't think it's going to happen but if they did then yeah, it would be definitely be more than ten thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen either. I will. I will be just as surprised as the next person. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're going to do something like a like a TV and um, a watch. TV and a watch. Those are the obvious things, and they they tend not. To, Apple tends not to be um, that cutting edge. They tend to perfect stuff that's already proven in the market. Mm-hmm. Maybe Apple's not going to come out with it this year, but I think they're going to come out with something. So maybe it's maybe it's a watch and a TV, or maybe it's a TV and a shuffle that fits in your ear. But a shuffle is not that advanced of a thing. No, no, I, I can see them get, going that route first. Like I said, making the the shuffle or the nano just just be the earpods, like a, a thing without any kind of internet connectivity. And right. You just plug it into you, you. You sync to it like the regular shuffle. Doesn't have any connectivity, but it also picks up information about uh, it, like it's a step counter and it uh, picks up your yeah. heart rate and all that other stuff. It's a fitness device that you stick in your ear and can listen to music on. I am actually. I I'll bet you they do that before they do a TV. I'm, I'd be more surprised for them to release a TV than a fitness earphone. Uh, it depends on whether or not they're doing the watch. If they do the watch, I can see them trying to put all of that in the watch. Yeah, I, you're right. Like I, they definitely won't do all three, but I just can't imagine them getting into the TV business. That's crazy because the, what are you going to do? Offer one size, two sizes? No way. Yeah. No way. Cause when I say TV, I don't mean Apple TV. I mean like a, like a large TV. touchscreen television. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, uh, it's, it didn't even occur to me that it would be touchscreen. 
And it would, I think it would be touchscreen and it would have Apple TV built in. And yeah, certainly a screen. I'm, I'm talking about some kind of screen TV with Apple yeah. TV built in. I just can't see it. Their stores are too small. I, I can't see it happening. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't see any money in it. Yeah, exactly. Like why, why, you know, but yeah, you know, there's, there's no money in phones either, but they're still making a ton of money. So I, you know, who knows? I don't know, but I do think that you have to admit that, um, things are going to get smaller. Power consumption is going to get less bad or better. I don't know how to say it. Power consumption is going to get less. Batteries are going to mm-hmm. get better and smaller is different. So if you can take these things and shrink them down, if you could take, if you could stick a smartphone in your ear and use it without touching it or looking at it, which sounds like a tall order, but it's, it's it's doable. Yeah, it is. It'll change society. Like look around, like when you go to, when you walk around in public, everybody's like in the, the smartphone cocoon, they're all staring down. They're all, everybody at Mm -hmm. a bus stop is staring down. Everybody in a Starbucks is staring at their hand or a computer. Like what if, what if, what if they weren't? Which leads me into the segue <laughs> to the the other day. So I'm sitting in Starbucks like normal, doing my work, and I'm facing a guy at the next table who is is visually impaired. So I don't know if I, you could visually see like that his <laughs> eyes his eyes were bonkers. Like he he was not. They were like going in two completely different directions. <laughs> like he could not. I I don't know if he how much vision he had, but he wasn't using his eyes very much. Yeah. And he's just sort of staring straight ahead, and uh, he's got like uh, he's got like the Bluetooth Apple keyboard on the table, and mm-hmm. a uh, and like a coffee and a muffin, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah. He's typing away, <clears throat> like a headset on. Hey, he had a Bluetooth headset Bluetooth on. Yeah, yeah, like a like a, not a jawbone, but like a uh, not lavalier, but one of the ones that had like a little bit of an arm to it. Yeah. He's just typing away, and. And so here's the weird thing. Like, like I've seen the guy around. I know he's blind. I've seen, he's, he's actually, he's like a pretty intense tech nerd. Cause I've seen him with lots of mm-hmm. different devices and I'm dying to go up to him and ask him, but I always feel like a jerk. Like I don't want to interrupt him. Yeah. And, uh, and I have to say it looked super futuristic. It was like, I felt like I was watching the future of the way it's going to be. Yeah, like, was, and you had you had no clue what he was doing. <laughs> right, he's t- sitting there in public, looking looking up, with like f- just just like that sort of, you know, like Apple, they go above and beyond, and this really resonates with like sort of designer type people. Like, if that's a stereotype, like if I can if I can refer to them as a stereotype, mm-hmm. like they want their desk to be clean. They don't want wires everywhere. It's like the whole the whole ethos around apple was kind of anti-windows anti-beige anti-wires everywhere just this like perfect thing that did exactly what you wanted it was just this zen experience of Mm -hmm. of like simplicity and almost like as close to nothingness as you could get that's what this looked like he had this beautiful aluminum chiclet keyboard sort of like you know angled to the side and then his like breakfast and he's just doing his work, like top speed, typing like a madman. No screen to look at. And and I was and you think, you just don't think like that. Like, I just don't, you just think screen, you don't think no screen. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it's like, whatever he was doing, I want it. Like, it doesn't matter if I can see a screen. Like, whatever he was doing, I want it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, that was the funny thing, right? Because, you know, you would, you know, no one would wish to be like not able to see. 
Yeah, it sucks. Right, yeah. You know as good as anybody that it's no fun. But when you, but at the moment that I was watching that guy, I was kind of jealous of his setup. Yeah. I was like, wow, the screen is, like, he doesn't need a screen. Like, I never thought of it as a handicap, but I need a screen. And that's a handicap. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't need it. And, like, that was the revelation I had. It was like, in fact, the keyboard part was... So the nice thing about the keyboard was that he wasn't talking. So the, the problem with voice input is that it's too public for me in yeah. many many cases. Yeah. So the option to just pull a keyboard out of your bag and just like go at it, really interesting. Yeah, especially when you're talking, like if you're actually sitting somewhere and want to get some real productive work done. Right. And so people will say, well, ooh, well what about how will I design it? You know, I need a screen to design an interface. And like my response to that is only if you're designing interfaces for screens. Yeah. API stands for application programming interface. Exactly. So if we're doing stuff that is, we're going to keep building interfaces, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But what if, you know, what if they're more voice controlled, like audio in out, like, like we've been obsessed with Twilio for a long time. Twilio is poised to eat, like own this. And there, yeah. there are other ones too. Like Google has, you can do voice recognition right in the browser now. You can just add it to your site with a JavaScript include. There's, uh, there's a new thing called um, WIC or no, what's it? It's three letters. WIC or Wink? No. What is it called? It's natural mm-hmm. language. Hang on understanding it's not natural language processing it's an application sort of like google now or nuance but those those applications are really really focused on um, translating what you say into accurate text Mm -hmm. and this application the name of which i cannot remember but i will put in the show notes is about taking what you say and converting it into something a machine can understand. Mm. So so if I'm communicating with you over SMS and I don't feel like typing and I do this more and more, I'll just say stuff into the phone and it turns into a text message that I sent to you and you can understand it. Yeah. And side note, the first time I saw someone do this, I was like, why don't you just call her? <laughs> and then I- and It's then totally different. It's totally different totally different kind of interaction model but that's a side note so but in in that example google's doing the hard work to convert what i'm saying into an accurate text string that you then understand yeah but this this new thing that i cannot remember the name of it's like wick.io or nick something i'll find it um it takes your what you say and turns it into structured data so it gives you an interface to 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 build an application that understands sort of like irrational human language mm-hmm. and hilariously the guy does this long demo on you know it's like a youtube demo so you're watching it and he's definitely does not speak english as a first language mm-hmm. and i'm like wow the thing can understand him i can barely understand him <laughs> but i suppose he wrote it so yeah Anyway, the point being is that there, there are, you know, the Dash and this uh, natural language understanding app that I cannot remember the name of. 
and just all these uh, the sort of unbundling of the sensors and all the pieces of smartphone and having a personal area network and on and on and on and on it's it's the reason for bringing it up in the podcast is that web designers and web developers are probably being tapped to make choices about future technology for their organization or their clients and and overly making decisions based on things that are overly focused on like pixel perfection or like a particular technique that worked great on desktop browsers but kind of sucks on mobile phones and you know if you're making decisions based on that stuff you're going to be disappointed left behind yeah you're going to be playing catch up and and there's no reason to do that because you can do the stuff we always talk about which is scrub your content create apis and do you know start small with your clients and just do very very simple stuff that works on small phones and then do progressive enhancement because i realize phones Mm -hmm. phones are the market now but bear in mind that phones are not going to be the market in i'll put my i'll go out on a limb and say i'll say three years in three years the smartphone will not be the primary device think it'll happen that quick yeah Mm mm-hmm it will it will have it will have reached market adoption like it'll have gone past the tipping point like we'll already see the hockey stick trend line in 3 years as soon as apple releases it it's going to happen mm-hmm. and i i i would still be shocked if they release this year but if they don't release in 2015 some kind of voice control like why do you think they have siri they know it's important yeah. so they i do think and i do think they're going to release a watch and i do think they're going to put touch id on the watch yeah. so if they release a watch that has touch ID, but has no keyboard input or like, like how are we going to do input on the watch? Pull your phone out. I don't think so. Like if they put a touch screen on the watch, which they may not do, but if they do put a touch screen on the watch or they have, or which I, what, what I mean to say is if they allow input on the watch, unlike the pebble, mm-hmm. which doesn't really allow input. If they allow input on the watch, they're going to put Siri on the watch. Oh yeah. Yeah regardless of whether they allow any other type of input, there's going to be Siri. Right. It might be the only kind of input. If they, Frankly, I think if they were smart, that would be the only kind of input because <laughs> of the keyboard on a... Unless they make a really big watch, which I doubt. So it's like, you know... So if they do that, it's a, it's a relatively small step to like, okay, what other devices can we do? Like, where else can we branch out? And it might be the sports community first or whatever, but... I don't know. It's inevitable. It's just a question of time. I'll certainly, I'll certainly stick to that. But I'll bet you in three years we see a critical mass. I mean, think about three years. The iPhone's only been out for like what seven, six, yeah. three. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and it changes society. Yeah. <laughs> globally. Yeah, it has. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I am like uh, three years. Watch, watch B two. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> but I'll bet you, because the thing is, they're smaller and they'll be cheaper. Mm-hmm. You don't got to put a touchscreen on it. It's going to be ninety nine bucks, maybe. Yeah, if you don't put a, if you don't, if they don't put a touchscreen on it, yeah, then their biggest cost is going to be. Well, I guess maybe the the t- the touch ID is not cheap. I mean, well, for the watch, but I mean, for the yeah. if the, I'm talking headphones, if they do, if they oh, want to do oh, smart yeah. headphones, there's no the the biggest the biggest portion of the price will be their mar- profit margin. Yeah, you know that you'd be able to the cost of miniaturizing everything is. Yeah, yeah, they'll be they'll be under a hundred bucks. 
And then there's a big question about like, well, how will the connection work? Will it have to go through a phone? Will you have like a central central connection that all of you like a, a like a wi-fi on your body that you carry around Pro- probably yeah i mean yeah it, it probably does make sense to 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 think of it like that because you know i've i've had like having a wi-fi is unbelievably convenient you know it's basically a wireless access point that has a cellular connection but yeah i mean <laughs> well if they tether it to an iphone then basically all they need is a, a wireless headset with a mic so you can just use you and then because there's Siri on the phone. Potentially, yeah. I you know it, yeah. So it's almost like why would they, why would they bother with smart headphones if they were going to require an iPhone? If they mm-hmm. weren't, and they were going to actually, and Tim Cook said they were going to go into new categories, two yeah. new categories. So it has to either be. Well, it could be refrigerator, but I mean, like the, the, the obvious things are the TV, a watch or headphones. Yeah. Maybe they come out with like a Beats style headphones. That's, I mean, it's, I feel like Beats has really made, it's still kind of niche compared to earbuds, but, mm-hmm. but they've certainly made it a style item and Apple's all about style items. They even, you know, they hired the CEO of Burberry to like do their I don't know if she's CM. I don't know what her position is now, but they, you know they're obviously really into sort of fashion-forward items. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something you wearable. Think they're getting into wearables. Yeah, yeah, it has to be something wearable. Wearables. So what else could it be? Like it's not going to be a, a life-logging, you know, camera pin like Momoto or something. Yeah, it's got to be either a watch. It won't be a necklace because that's not unisex. Uh, ring maybe. I could see a ring, NFC ring. Uh, but eh, not really. I mean, it's it's feasible, but then like, what would be the point? It's so limited. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, got to doing that. I mean, even earbuds don't have a real fashion. It, like, I don't think it'd be glasses. Do you think they do glasses? I don't think so. No, me neither. Doesn't seem doesn't seem like an Apple. Maybe we will get an an Apple utility belt. <laughs> <laughs> I would, an app belt yeah eye belt eye belt yeah. <laughs> god who knows like it's so but like we were, we started out saying like it is so radical what is going on like the pace of innovation uh, i saw a tweet the other day that said you know it's like somebody said you know like future humans are going to look back on the the decade between 2010 and 2020 and be like that's where that that's where it happened that's when mm-hmm. everything changed and it feels like that. I don't know if it's because we're in this industry, or but it's like, like the, the split between my youth and my adulthood is the the gap is like just <laughs> drastically widening in this decade. Yeah. Radical. Yeah, it is. <laughs> is it, but yeah, but if it feels like we're definitely in in a period of of change. Hmm. And it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to see where it ends up in a few years. Yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic. I'm scared by some things, but I'm optimistic yeah. overall. You know, you see stuff like people genetically modifying T-cells to, like, cure late-stage leukemia, and you're like, oh, God, you know, like, yeah, terrorists can blow stuff up in cyber warfare, and all that stuff is super scary, definitely, no doubt about it. But there's so much upside, and most people aren't, yeah. most people aren't ass wipes. No, for... 
generally speaking, people are good. You know. Yeah, the mo- most people are like the the ones that the bad apples get a lot of press. That's the problem. But look around, like people, normal people help each other. Like mm-hmm. it's so. You know, you just feel like that. I don't know. That's that's. I I'm ultimately optimistic. I realize that there's like some scary. There's tons of scary stuff out there, but you know, on balance, I think it's good. And besides, what's our option? Yeah. <laughs> it's not stopping. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to think about though. You know, when what's life going to be like for our kids when they're adults? I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, not just thinking about it, but like making decisions about it. Yeah. Like there's gonna be there's gonna be like that's what I was saying before about like what's it gonna mean to know something if you have a, dev- yeah. a smartphone in your eardrum, right? <laughs> it's not gonna be there's gonna be no higher education. It's in any recognizable form to someone our age. It's gonna be it's gonna be things like more more abstract thinking and and philosophy and you know stuff a computer can't do. Yeah, and and what can't a computer do? Creativity. So it's like like love. You know, there's. There's like, although I guess if you, I just saw the trailer for the movie Her, so I guess it's <laughs> debatable. <laughs> debatable. Right. But like, I read, I just read this thing, I'll link to it in the show notes, called Shift 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's an ebook. I think, I'm pretty sure it's free. Yeah, I think we talked about it on our, on our, our book review okay. list. Okay, cool. You, you know what? You're right. Yes, we did. And did I, but I don't know if I mentioned this particular guy, the guy who, who I probably did because it was so radical, but he was like, by 2040, he will have cured aging. I don't think he did. Yeah. So he's like completely straight faced. He's like, he's like, I'm, I'm close to solving it. He's like within, Hmm. within 20 years. So, you know, not 2020, but 20 years after that, within 20 years, he's like, I'm it's done. Aging's over. That's, that's kind of scary. Right. Like you think that will have an impact on society. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to think like, oh, I, I don't have to grow old. Yay. On one hand, that's cool. On the other hand, it's really frightening. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. people will still get hit by cars. Yeah. Well, maybe they won't. Or they'll, they'll still, there will still be trauma. Or will there? You know, like you get into the, I mean, we're really going off. We're going way future now. This is Yeah, we, we've gone from, from building APIs to immortality. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is this is not practical information, but like just to get a sense of, the kind of stuff we're thinking about future long term. If we cure aging, we'll have to start populating other planets. Well, so here that and that was the topic of this guy's article. He was like in his article, he was like, "I am not going to in this article. I'm not going to try and convince you that it's possible. I'm telling you it is possible. If I'm not, but I'm not. That's not what I'm. What I I am going to do in this article is refute the ridiculous arguments against it. Which you know, he's like every single argument against it. And he listed like a half a dozen things, which are the first six things I thought of. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, overpopulation and running out of food and running out of space and, and fossil fuels. And he's like, he's like every single argument against it supposes that, that it will happen in the complete absence of any other change. <laughs> and That's he's a good like, point. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like if you, if you go through a period where a human being solves aging, you better believe that we're going to solve stupid stuff like feeding the population, <laughs> right? One would hope. Or, or like, can a 200-year-old reproduce anyway? Like, he's not saying that you'll still have sperm. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe he is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if I... It's just like... And then, and then like, Kurzweil, 
you know, Ray Kurzweil is like the age of intelligent machines, the age of brilliant mm -hmm. machines and like the ascension of the human consciousness into machines. And, and the argument against the Kurzweil approach, which is that, you know, the Kurzweil, if I was going to sum it up in like a sentence, his argument is that your whole everything that's in your brain is data and data can be digitized. Mm -hmm. So if you can digitize it and put it somewhere else, like everything that you are that matters can be eternal and, and freakily enough, copy and pasteable, you know, like infinitely reproducible. Like this giant collective of human consciousness floating around in cyberspace. Right. And so the, so the, the flip side argument to that, and this is, I probably am more, I think this is an important, right? Cause you, you think about that as if nothing else changed. Like you think like, Oh, I could, I would never have, I could keep thinking like, like I look in the mirror and I see that I'm old, but I don't feel old. I still feel like I'm 16. Like I still think like, like all of the things that I used to think I still, they're still there. Like I might not mm -hmm. give them the same credence, but it's all there. It feels ageless. Right. So what if I could just take that and put it into my laptop and, you know, or, or like AWS and like, you know, <laughs> persist my consciousness. So that brings up a whole, like, it's to put it lightly, it brings up a whole host of issues. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the main, the main sort of, to simplify the argument against it or the, the sort of counterpoint, it's not really an argument. The counterpoint is if you're not mortal, you're not human. So, so Perhaps you, perhaps it's possible to persist your consciousness, but it's not possible to persist the human condition into that space. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't die, that takes away the, the ultimate precondition of being a person. If, like, if, if mortality is off the plate, that's, that's a whole new thing. Like that changes absolutely every decision you make in your entire life. Right. I would be the biggest procrastinator. <laughs> like, screw it i'll do it next century <laughs> yeah like what what do you do does everybody it's like if everybody's just a consciousness floating around inside like of like what do you do you, like i'm 75 i think i'll learn to read now <laughs> you know what i mean what's yeah the, what's the it just it just really throws into stark relief like what's the point like, you know, what's the point of doing anything? What's the point yeah. of anything? Like if yeah. you if you're not gonna die, why do anything? Yeah. It's almost like death is the supreme motivator. <laughs> like think of all the things that people like pa are passionate about that are centered around prolonging life. And then you take away all of those motivations. Mm-hmm. Like the like like the entire medical profession and scientific profession in every aspect just disappears. And just imagine what will happen to the like paleo diet craze. <laughs> like if you have no body, I ain't got no body. <laughs> like what, it, like it just, it's just too big of a change to even comprehend how you would handle it or like what would be the, philosophical implication i think yeah. everyone would just sit around i think everyone would just tell jokes i think so <laughs> like what else are you gonna do you're gonna play games and tell jokes that doesn't <laughs> sound that bad no it doesn't come up with like funny jokes is the bartender here <laughs> fiance is so old her social security number one <laughs> wow full circle <laughs> 
And on that note. And on that note, folks, thanks for hanging in through that whole thing. <laughs> but that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we do hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.